Hello, I'm Connor Pope. This is In the News from the Irish Times, where we take a close look at the stories that matter. Today, how a sex abuse scandal rocked the scouting movement. On behalf of the Board of Scouting Ireland, uh, we wish to apologise to the parents of our youth members, our adult members, indeed the people of Ireland and government both north and south, for any anxiety and hurt we have caused. Three years ago, one of the country's largest and oldest organisations for young people was forced to confront the worst crisis in its history. Scouting Ireland was suddenly in the spotlight after details of a damning confidential report into its handling of sex abuse allegations were made public. This story started back in early 2018 with an email. Jack Power broke the story in the Irish Times. A random email that I just received into my inbox one day. It was from a whistleblower and it just said there's an organisation that you should think of looking into and it's the Scouts. What had been going on was Scouting Ireland had brought in a guy called Ian Elliott, probably one of the most preeminent child protection experts on the island, to review their current safeguarding and child protection policies. And they'd also asked him to conduct a detailed review into the handling of one case, a rape allegation concerning two adult volunteers from a number of years ago. Ian Elliott's report really concluded that Scouting Ireland, their child protection policy and practices and their approach was effectively dysfunctional and there was a a really poor culture of child protection. And with respect to the rape allegation, the individual case that he investigated, uh, he found the organisation's handling of the case, he, he described it as deeply flawed. We in the Irish Times got a copy of this damning confidential report. And so in around, I think it was late February 2018, we ran our first front page story. The Irish Times leads with the handling by Scouting Ireland of a rape allegation. Jack Power reports that an 18-year-old female scout leader claimed... And the entire Scouting Ireland controversy and saga spiralled from there. Jack, most people will have a fair idea of what the Scouts are about, but can you tell us the background to Scouting Ireland? So in Ireland, it kind of traces its, I suppose, roots back to, I think, about 113 uh, years ago it was kind of formed. There was kind of always two scouting organisations, the the Catholic Boy Scouts of Ireland, and then there was another one, the the Scout Association of Ireland, which kind of had more of a, a Church of Ireland background. And so in 2004, these two different organisations merged to form one body called Scouting Ireland. Uh, and that, it's an all-island body. Um, and, you know, at that stage, it was, it was admitting both, you know, boys and girls. It's one of probably the largest non-sporting youth organisations in the country. It would have, you know, close to 40,000 kids and young people who are, who are members and involved. You've mentioned the child protection expert, Ian Elliott. He was brought in by Scouting Ireland to review safeguarding and child protection policies at the organisation. He also investigated the handling of a rape allegation. What can you tell us about that allegation? What happened was in 2015, late 2015, a female volunteer came forward to the organisation and she made an allegation to say that she suffered an alleged serious sexual assault 
a number of years ago at the, the hands of a another adult leader or volunteer. And so this adult volunteer, he was eventually placed on, on leave. And then there was a, a degree of controversy over how he was reinstated. Like the Gardaí looked into the matter and the DPP directed that there should be no prosecution. Scouting Ireland, I suppose, kind of said, OK, well, the DPP aren't doing anything. So we'll readmit this this adult volunteer who'd been pushing to be readmitted and his lawyer had been pushing to to have him readmitted into the organization and there was some degree of kind of controversy over how how that happened and one thing Ian Elliott said in his report was just because the DPP come back and say that they're not going to proceed in a criminal investigation and charge him doesn't mean that Scouting Ireland doesn't have to satisfy itself that this person is fit to be a volunteer and is suitable to be a volunteer based on what Scouting Ireland have been told. What steps did Scouting Ireland take to make sure it was appropriate this volunteer should be readmitted? Was he Garda vetted? So I suppose that kind of almost lies at the heart of of what Ian Elliott really kind of criticised because there wasn't these kind of checks that it was recommended that that the individual be sent for Garda vetting and then it transpired that, that he wasn't. That was probably a big part of how the case was mishandled, as Ian Elliott would say, was that there wasn't these checks, there wasn't these assurances that Scouting in Ireland could say um, there's no criminal case proceeding, but we're going to do X or Y. And there was pressure. The individual, the adult volunteer who was the subject um, to the allegation, you know, he had links to, to people who were in high level positions in Scouting Ireland. And there was an element of some of them attempting to lobby on his behalf to try and influence the case and, and basically get him readmitted. And he eventually was readmitted. And, and that was something that, that Ian Elliott really kind of criticised. How did Scouting Ireland react to the story? There was a lot of pushback to our reporting. And like, firstly, I think the, the initial reaction from you know both those within scouting and just the public in, in general, there was kind of a lot of shock. I suppose, you know, when we think of the scouts, you know, everybody would have always thought of a very good and honest organisation. Thousands upon thousands of young kids go through, you know, the scouts, either cubs or, or beavers or parents have their own kids in the organisation. So initially there was a real kind of firestorm after our initial article. And it really kind of threw the organisation into a tailspin. The questions for the organisation could hardly be more serious, centering on whether it dealt properly with allegations of rape and sexual abuse. The first case came to public attention after an internal review was leaked. And what were the consequences for the organisation? So a few of the people that were criticised and implicated in Ian Elliott's report included people at the very, very top of the organisation. So that included the, the then Chief Scout, Christy McCann, two other Chief Commissioners, um, which are senior positions, and then a former National Secretary. So this was really, really at the, at the heart and at the top of the organisation. As public pressure came to a head, these four volunteers took the, the decision to voluntarily step aside and then an independent barrister was brought in to conduct a further investigation into the actions of those four with respect to the handling of the initial rape allegation. So, a lot was going on in Scouting Ireland around this time. We had an investigation into how sex abuse was handled, and that led to the stepping aside of the leadership of the organisation, and we had the appointment of a barrister to look into that further. But that wasn't all, because when this story was revealed, other victims started to come forward. So in Ireland and the UK, we've had many other organisations like the Catholic Church, industrial schools, swimming, uh, sports clubs, where there have been major revelations of historic abuse. 
But the Scouts never really had that reckoning in Ireland. So when I was reporting on the controversy, one thing in the back of my mind was, will this prompt something further? Is there something darker that's that's waiting to come out here? And a scout in Ireland was under this media scrutiny um, with a lot of articles in the Irish Times over a period of several months in 2018. What started to happen was people who'd been abused and molested as children in those former scouting organisations the Catholic Boy Scouts of Ireland and the Scout Association of Ireland, they started to come forward for the first time and contact the organisation and disclose what had happened to them decades ago. So on November 21st, 2018, the findings of Ian Elliott's initial review into past child sex abuse in the organisation were revealed to an Oireachtas Committee on Children and Youth Affairs. And what the Children's Minister, Catherine Zappone, disclosed at the very start of the meeting was that more than 100 people had come forward to disclose that they had been abused as children in those legacy scouting organisations. Mr Ian Elliott has been examining the historical records. He has found evidence of 71 alleged abusers and 108 alleged victims. This is based on his work to date and the numbers may change. You know, I remember sitting in the press gallery thinking this story has gone from being somewhat routine controversy that the many charities have weathered into something much, much bigger. That was a kind of a spotlight moment for Scouting Ireland as well, after Zappone made that disclosure before the Oireachtas Committee, where the phones just started ringing and they had to corral staff to answer the phones because hundreds more victims and people who had been abused as children in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s and the 90s had also started to pick up the phone and, and disclose what had happened. After about three weeks in the region of 300 people had contacted Scout in Ireland to say that they were abused as children in their legacy organisations. And, and what also started to emerge at that time was a pattern that the abuse had been covered up and the first indications of evidence that people had been moved around and and the abuse had been covered up. It's something we've seen in a lot of scandals around, say, the church, where priests were moved from parish to parish after complaints were made. Similar things happened back in the day in the scouts, where a leader might move from one troop or might move between two different scouting organisations after a complaint of abuse was made against them. And I suppose that really speaks to the lack of things at Garda Vedding at those times to try and catch that kind of behaviour. Currently, I think there's more than 350 alleged survivors of childhood sexual abuse in the Scouting Ireland's uh, legacy bodies who have come forward to date and around 275 alleged perpetrators. So in terms of numbers, you know, apart from the church, it's probably one of the biggest historical child sex abuse scandals in the state. When the government found out about the extent of the abuse scandal at Scouting Ireland and how it had been handled, how did it react? So in April 2018, the then Minister for Children, Catherine Zappone, decided to withdraw Scouting Ireland's state funding. I have a responsibility to children and I have a responsibility for the use of public monies. I wrote to Scouting Ireland on the 13th of April, advising them of my intention to withhold funding from the organisation. I also requested an urgent meeting with the Board of Scouting Ireland to provide it with an opportunity to clarify the issues raised in the media coverage and to provide assurances that I require with regard to the standard of governance that applies within the organisation. 
that started the clock ticking for the survival of the organisation because it would effectively run out of funds by around August that year in 2018. So what Scouting Ireland set about doing was an overhaul of both their child protection policy uh, and their governance standards. So the entire board was replaced following a vote at an EGM in October of that year. And an overhaul of the organisation's governance structure was also approved by a large majority at that meeting. So I suppose that really set the tone for where the organisation wanted to signal it was going in terms of improving its governance and trying to restore the confidence of the uh, the minister. We, we got some stuff wrong. We didn't change and improve as soon as we should have. We didn't know better at the time. We got in an expert. We now know better. We are going to make the changes. And then after having suspended funding a number of times, Minister Catherine Zappone said she was pretty satisfied with what was happening um, and the reforms Scouting Ireland had, had put in train. And so she decided to conditionally restore funding up to April the following year in 2019. And, and since then, Scouting Ireland has actually had its funding increased in order to fund even more safeguarding staff and safeguarding structures and, and really strengthen that, aspe- that aspect of the organisation. Has anyone gone on trial in connection with these allegations? The Gardaí are investigating uh, a number of perpetrators in connection with kind of historical abuse in, in the Scouts. I think at one point the, the Guards had over 100 live investigations into different uh, perpetrators. So several of them are coming to kind of an advanced stage and coming to uh, a conclusion. So I think that's one thing that we'll see over the next few years, I'd imagine, that more people will kind of come through the courts on charges of abusing children in the Scouts. That'll definitely be one thing that continue to play out over the, the next few years. And also on the on, on the civil side of it, around 30 survivors are currently taking legal cases against Scouting Ireland for, for damages. Those cases are can often, you know, take a number of years to, to come to conclusion and in a lot of cases they'll they're settled. So that's one thing as well that will probably you know kind of trundle on for years to come. You'll, you'll probably see kind of a slow trickle of more civil cases being taken against the organization for, for damages from survivors. Coming up, new details emerge about an organised clique of child abusers at the highest level in the Scouts. Jack, you recently reported on a very disturbing development in this story. You revealed that a clique of abusers operated within one of the legacy Scouting Ireland organisations. What can you tell us about that? There was an organised group of abusers who shared knowledge with each other, you know, communicated with each other. And and in some circumstances, it seems that children were taken, you know, by one abuser to another abuser's home where the, where the child would be abused. So it was this group operating at, you know, very high levels of the the Catholic Boy Scouts of Ireland. So this is the former, one of the former legacy organisations. And I, I, I think I, I really had got that sense from you know, conversations with, with sources, you know, kind of a, a good while ago. And, and I'd never, it'd never really been, been, I suppose, put on the record. So in May 2020, so last year, Ian Elliott produced kind of like a final report uh, on his findings um, looking at the historical abuse. And that concluded that, you know, the abuse had been, had been covered up. It had been perpetrated by people at very high levels. Uh, in one case, he said, 
um, you know, sex offenders had, had dominated the leadership of one of the, the former scouting bodies. A lot of the evidence pointed to, you know, people being allowed to move between different organisations, complaints against people not being taken seriously or not followed up on properly. And and effectively, child abuse was was tolerated, he said, in order to protect the reputation of the movement. So so quite a, a lot of parallels between different church scandals. It was kept quiet to try and protect the image of the, the scouting movement. So a year on from his report, Ed, I sat down with, with Ian over, over Zoom and really just wanted to get to, you know, some of those things that were kind of left, left without properly being fully reported in the, in the press. You know, that's when he disclosed the, the full details of the first time of that, that group, that kind of clique of abusers at the, the top of the, the Catholic Boy Scouts of Ireland. A lot of scouting activities involve children spending time away from their parents at camps and other excursions. Did that place children in a particularly vulnerable position? Like that's obviously one of the one of the things really that, that draw, you know, people who um you know have an interest in, in trying to, you know, abuse children, that draw them to organizations where they'll have access, whether that's um you know, whether that's swimming, whether that's, you know, uh, coaching. Uh, or whether that's you know being a being a scout leader, a lot of this abuse took place on you know kind of camping trips away from home, you know where you'd have you know vulnerable children who you know might be kind of homesick or they're kind of easily isolated, and there just wasn't the same culture of recognizing red flags. Like I, in conversations I've had, you know, many survivors or or other people who looked into this, that cases where, for example, an abuser who's a, a scout leader might say, oh, you know, X young fella has been you know misbehaving he has to sleep in my tent as you know kind of punishment um he's not allowed to sleep with his friends or whatever and, and you know that that's something that if it happened now the adults in the room would you know an, an instant aversion to to say no what's going on here but i suppose back the the 60s or the 70s or the 80s there there maybe wasn't as much appreciation of those red flags to look out for and in scouting Ireland now, there's you know there's a rule that an adult isn't allowed to be alone with the um, with a youth member. There has to be two leaders to to basically ensure that that access isn't isn't there anymore. And like I I I was in the scouts myself as a as a young lad, so it, it was kind of you know in my reporting and in you know talking to sources, you know there were times where I kind of heard names in terms of people who were implicated in you know attempting to to, to cover up or you know people who were suspected of being perpetrators and I would have known those names from my own time as a as a as a boy in the in the scouts and how did it make you feel jack you obviously enjoyed being in the scouts as a child it was difficult like i remember sitting in the sitting in the newsroom in the irish times and i i heard a name and i, I from speaking to a source and i kind of said you know why do i know that name and you know, I, I googled it and when i saw the the position that the the person had been in i realized that was the you know the north dublin area and I, I recognized the face and I said, I remember that guy being around when me and you know, my mates were in the, the scouts in the, in the early 2000s or so. Like you, you do get this you know, sense that you, you feel kind of like sick at the, the pit of your stomach that you know, kind of could have been any of us kind of thing. The vast majority of the abuse took place um, you know, decades ago in the, the 60s, the 80s. But we've seen either through reporting or other kind of criminal cases that are coming before the course that this all doesn't relate to long long ago and um, so that that was definitely you know kind of a difficult moment and a kind of a 
I suppose a bizarre moment in reporting the story and you know, having spoken to to so many survivors that suddenly was was very kind of close to home. Did you hear any of the rumours at the time? Or were you aware of certain people who should be avoided? Or were you just oblivious to all that stuff? Yeah, I mean, like I, I don't remember any of those kind of kind of rumors or, or or whispers. And like, like I had a you know a great experience, as I said, in the scouts as a as a kid. Like I made you know loads of loads of great friends that I'm still kind of mates with today. Um, so even I remember you know writing the very first story. It was a weird experience of you know having this damning report that said you know the the child protection policy and and practice of of scouting Ireland is. It's not fit for purpose. And knowing that the story is running on the front page tomorrow, you're about to throw, I suppose, an organisation that you know you got great years out of into the public kind of spotlight and scrutiny. But I think one thing that people like Ian Elliott have said and kind of senior people in Scouting Ireland have said that it's proper that it was confronted. You know, the organisation is in a much better place. It, its governance is much stronger. Its adherence to child protection is much stronger all those people, all the survivors and victims who'd been abused and who'd been silent for decades, that they now feel that they've been acknowledged and that they weren't the only one and that the organisation has, you know, has apologised to them. Like, I don't know whether all that would have ever come out if our you know, reporting on the story hadn't, I suppose, kind of trusted out there and into the public kind of spotlight. And I suppose, finally, what's the future for Scouting Ireland, given how badly it's been rocked by this scandal? The future of Scouting Ireland is probably a lot more secure than it was at the the heart of the crisis in 2018, where there were questions over whether it could survive. I mean, it definitely seems to have kind of righted itself. It definitely seems to have dealt with the historical abuse scandal as kind of openly and as best it it thought it could. And so I think in that respect, it's definitely weathered the kind of reputational storm of the the fallout and the the controversy. Like obviously, as I said, there's been a number of legal cases filed, so that's going to be a financial burden for the organisation to bear going forward. But I think it's definitely in a much better place, you know, than it was when I first got that email saying that there's an organisation you should you should be looking into back in in early 2018. I mean, it's it, it's got a functioning kind of governance in place now. Its policies are routinely and rigorously. Um, kind of audited and, and checked. So I suppose from from its perspective, it's it's kind of confronted its its past demons, and it's it's really just trying to rebuild and kind of go forward now. Jack Power, thank you very much for talking to us. In the news, we'll be back on Wednesday. <laughs>